Blog Talk Radio. Can we can we try it here? Let's try it here. What? continually be in my mouth. Well, welcome tonight to a word from God Radio Broadcast on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess this evening, Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler. And I want you to know tonight that God has a designed word especially for you. Psalms 119 and 11 says, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. With God's word in our heart, our lives will be forever changed. Psalms 119 and 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Meaning the word will illuminate our steps as we walk towards our purpose and our destiny in Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, it brings me great joy to come before you tonight here on blogtalkradio.com with a word from uh, with you. Now, after the broadcast tonight, if you enjoyed the message on this evening, I ask that you go to our main page and click follow. And this lets us know that you are being blessed and that you are enjoying our broadcast. And I want to say thank you to all who have been following the broadcast. 
Thank you for your encouraging words and for your support. Just want you to know how much I truly do love you all so much, and I thank you for your words of encouragement. We have a page on Facebook called The Word from God. Please click the like button to show us that you do like this page. And oh, excuse me. And also you can email us at a word from God 2013. That's a word from God 2013 at AOL.com and tell us how much you also enjoy the broadcast there. Now, we have already begun our teaching via webinar on the end times. Now, this is the assignment that God has given me. It is uh, uh, time for the church to wake up and begin to prepare for the coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. First uh, John, I'm sorry, uh, St. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 3 says that, he goes to prepare a place for us that where he is, we will be also. Now, this is really kind of uh, the first mention of the rapture, that meaning that Jesus is coming back uh, to get his church, that he did not mean to go away and stay, but that he's coming back to take his church where he is. Acts 1 and 11 says, Men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into the heavens? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as you have seen him go into the heavens. So meaning the same way that Jesus left the earth means that he's coming back that same way. Hallelujah. And then in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 15 and this is from the Message Bible. It says, keep watch. I come unannounced like a thief. You're blessed if awake and dress. You're ready for me. Too bad if you're found running through the streets naked and ashamed. Now, if you are prepared and dressed, you're going in the rapture. Those who are left behind will suffer, will suffer uh, tribulation and eventually the great white throne judgment where everything that you've ever done or everything that you've ever committed will be revealed and nothing will be left out during that time. Uh, it's a very interesting study right now. We are we just got through doing the study on the rapture of the church. Uh, we talked about that on last week. Uh, we have those meetings on uh, webinars every Monday night at 7. Uh, we will not be having it on tomorrow night. What I'm going to do sometime this week, I'm just going to go ahead and record uh, the next lesson, which is called the Bema Seat Judgment. We're going to be talking about the Bema Seat Judgment on our next class. But if you do want to see the actual teaching or hear and see the actual webinar from last week, uh, you can go to anymeetings.com. That's anymeeting.com slash a word from God. And then another slash, and you'll put in um, capital letter E, capital letter E, five, four, capital letter D, 
989-898-5847. Again, that is uh, capital letter E, capital letter E, 54, capital letter D, 989854. That is the recording for last week's um, message or lesson, which was on the rapture of the church. Now, we will be having an, a live meeting um, the 2nd of, I believe that will be the 2nd of September. We will be having a live meeting that night. How you would get on to that would be anymeetings.com slash a word from God one. To get into our live sessions, it would be any meeting dot com slash a word from God one. Now, if you do not have a computer, or uh, you're driving home, or you're you're somewhere else and you can't get in front of a computer, uh, then you would call this number, which is two one three four one six one five six zero. Again, that's two one three. Four one six one five six zero, and then put in this ac- access code, which is zero one zero seven six three six. Again, that's zero one zero seven six three six. And after the show goes off tonight here on on the radio, you can come back in and you can get all of that information again. Also, if you have an uh, an iPad or a tablet of any sort, uh, I believe it would be uh, an iPad and or any type of Android tablet. Uh, you can go in and find an app for anymeeting.com. On your iPad and for your Android tablet, you can download an app for anymeeting.com, and that way you can listen also on your iPad or on your tablet. Well, uh, on last week or the last time that I, I was on the air and we spoke, we talked about these seven things the Lord hates. And um, we got into that on the last time we were on the show and we did two of the uh, seven things that the Lord hates. Tonight we're going into part two and we're going to be talking about the third thing that the Lord hates. So I'm going to ask you to um, get your pencil and your paper, and we're going to go into a song. And then right after the song, we're going to get into the Word of God on these things the Lord hates, part two. The Bible says if you delight yourself in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. It shall come to pass. If you believe it, clap your hands and say, I believe it.
talking to God about some things, and you're wondering, Lord, how long, how long, how long before I get that thing that I've asked of you, that I've inquired of you about, that I've I've been praying about for so long, but it is and it will come to pass. You just have to go through this test. You have to go through this trial. You have to know that God is with you no matter what it looks like, no matter how it feels. God is with you. Everything that you desire, God said in this word that all the promises of God are yea and in him, amen. And if you're asking God according to his word, according to his promise, you shall have whatsoever you said. You shall have whatsoever you ask from the Lord. You just have to be patient. You just have to wait. You've got to stand in faith. You've got to stand on the word of God. You've got to believe that everything that God has spoken to you through his word, through prophetic preaching, through prophetic teaching, through prophetic word, that it is going to come 
to pass. Just keep waiting, keep serving, keep loving, keep doing everything that you possibly can for the Lord because it's not in vain. God will bless you. God will do for you those things that you've asked him to do. Just hold on. Don't give up. Don't let go. Your blessing is just so close you can smell it. Your blessing is so close you can reach out and touch it. Your blessing is so close it's walking right there beside you, and before you know it, it's right there in front of you, and then you'll begin to walk into your Hayodobo Shah. You'll walk into your Hayodobo Shah. You'll walk into your blessing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Lord, we thank you. We praise you, Lord God, as your children, Father God, are seeking, Father God, after you, as they're fasting and as they're praying and as they're looking, Father God, for that thing, Lord God, that you promised them, Lord God, whether it was five minutes ago, ten minutes ago, whether it was an hour, whether it was a year, a month, Five days ago, however long it was, Lord, I'm thanking you and praising you, Father God, that you're going to bring that which you have told your children they can have and that you are laying it at their feet, Father God, that you're preparing that table before them. Lord God, that the enemy and all of their enemies, Father God, will be able to see what you are doing, what you are doing for your children. We just love you. We glorify you. We thank you, O oh God. Lord, you are truly an awesome God. Lord, I pray that you will bless this message on tonight, Lord God, as we continue in our series, Are You Rapture Ready? Hallelujah. We thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. And we say amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, tonight... um. We are going to go into the seven things that God hates, and this is part two. Uh, we are still in our series called, Are You Rapture Ready? Now, the last time I ministered the word of God to you, we talked about two things that the Lord hates. Now, the first one was a proud look, where we discovered that a proud look meant arrogant eyes, snobbish eyes, um, a proud look, a look of overestimation of oneself while underestimating others, meaning we think better, we think we're better than other people. And then we begin to judge people by what they have or what they don't have. Now, James 2, 3, and 4 says, if a man, and this is found in the message version, uh, James 2, 3 and 4 says, If a man enters our church wearing an expensive suit and a street person wearing rags comes in after him and you say to the man in the suit, Sit here, sir. This is the best seat in the house. And either ignore the street person or say, Better sit here in the back row. Haven't you separated God's children and proved that you are judges who can't be trusted. A lot of times in our churches today, we want to put the people in the best clothing, the people uh, who look like they have money up front. 
so that they can be seen because we want them to feel special because maybe we have a little motive. Maybe we want them to join our churches and maybe uh, we think they have a lot of money. But, see, you cannot really tell by how a person is dressed whether they have money or not. The one that seems to be the most fancy dressed cannot have a dime in their pocket. Many people say Bill Gates, who is one of the richest men in the world, shops at Walmart, and he shops for chicken on sale. Now, if this man, who is one of the richest men in the country, can walk around looking like he has no money but has all the money in the world, what makes you think that somebody wearing an expensive suit has all the money in the world? We have to be careful how we look at people uh, trying to determine what they have and what they don't have. The second thing that we discovered that God hated was a lying tongue. We found in the book of Acts, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11, about Ananias and his wife Sapphira. They lied to the Holy Spirit, and they immediately fell down dead after lying. We learned that our tongue could be deceitful and could cause deception. Many times we have to be careful of what we're saying uh, 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 how we're saying things. We can deceive people with our tongues. We lie with our tongues. We also learned that uh, man love lying better than speaking what is right. And we also found out that lying and a deceitful tongue is an abomination to God, and it repulses him. It. We also learned that the spirit to lie uh, does not come from God, but it comes from Satan, who is the father of lies found in, I believe, John and uh, the book of St. John, chapter 8. So we're going to go to our main uh, scripture that we went to last week, and that's Proverbs six sixteen through 19. And it says, Proverbs six sixteen through 19. And it says these words, These six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination unto him, a proud look, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deviseth wicked imagination, feet that be swift in running to mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. Well, on tonight, we are going to go into the third thing that that the Lord hates. And I kind of had a hard time with this because I've never really shared on anything like this before. But it is a part of the seven things that the Lord does hate, and that is hands that shed innocent blood. So we're talking about killings. We're talking about murder. We're talking about things of that nature. And you see, God hates murder, killings, and the shedding of innocent blood. Well, you might say to me, what about wars? What about wars that are going on now and that went on in the Bible days? Well, you see, sometimes people do kill in self-defense. 
You see, self-defense is something that is not planned. It's just something that just happens. Maybe somebody jumps out at you or maybe someone breaks into your house and you pick up a, a, a your gun. And uh, what most people do when in self-defense is they try to talk the person out of it or, or they try to get away from that person or whatever because they really don't want to shoot or hurt or kill or knife or do something to somebody they that it's not in their heart to commit murder but sometimes self defense does happen now sometimes in the old testament uh there were wars between the children of Israel and their enemies and during many of these wars God helped the children of Israel to defeat their enemies and they had to kill to protect their land and their people. It's just like right now our soldiers are are still over in Afghanistan, and uh, and I ask that you continue to pray for our military personnel who are at war still. Pray for their protection because they're doing this out of love for their country, not because they enjoy killing, but they're doing it out of love for their country. They serve and protect this country, and they should be in our prayers every single day. But we have wars that go on today, and we have police officers. We also ask that you pray for them who protect the city, who protect the state. And uh, sometimes they have to shoot, or sometimes they have to kill in order to protect uh someone who somebody else might be trying to hurt or kill. But what we're talking about tonight is people who shed innocent blood for no reason at all, or they may think that they have a good reason. And so tonight I want to talk about some of those reasons why people do murder or do uh, shed innocent blood. And first of all, I want to start on a, off on a very sensitive subject, and that subject is a subject that many women face, and that is the subject of abortion. Now, I do understand why women who get raped want to have an abortion. It is a very, very traumatic experience. You see, I used to be a rape crisis advocate, and I would have to uh, do hotline calls, I would have to do uh, go and do hospital visits, and I would have to go and I would have to sit and I'd have to talk to the rape victim or the rape survivor and ask her what happened. And I had to be there with her during the time, you know, during when the police uh, were was interviewing her. And it was a very, very traumatic, I mean, just a very traumatic experience. I mean, sometimes uh, listening to their stories, to the survivors' stories and what they went through, it really broke my heart, and I would cry on the inside. And, 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 and it was a time uh, uh, I was able to minister to them whatever they needed me to minister to them. I was there for them if they wanted me to sing to them or just hold them or pray with them. However they needed me, I was there for them, and their stories broke my heart. And the pain and the suffering for many was unbearable. And then to find out that later on they were pregnant was devastating to many. 
not wanting a constant reminder of the worst time of their lives, many decided to have an abortion. Does having an abortion make everything that happened go away? No, it doesn't. Help from shame and humiliation and deep pain can only come through God, through prayer, through counseling, through family and friend support. And it is through this support that many rape survivors today are living constructive, healthy, progressive lives. So I wanted you to just know that abortion is never really the answer. Why? Because after the fact, many will be racked still with guilt and an even deeper shame than the shame and and the humiliation of the rape itself. Don't give in to the pressures of the world system. Pray, get counseling, and let God speak to you about the traumatic event that took place in your life. You see, God has always uh, has always turned the thing around that was so ugly in our life. He's been able to and always will be able to turn things around in our favor if we but trust him. You see, some girls want to have an abortion uh, when they have unprotected sex and then they get pregnant. But see, don't cover up your action by getting an abortion. You see, there are other alternatives. One great alternative alternative is to put the child up for adoption because there are so many parents out there, people out there who want to be parents, but they cannot have a child of their own. And why I'm so strong on adoption, you see, I was born out of wedlock. And thank God my mother had me, and she wasn't able to support me properly, so she put me up for adoption. And that was the best thing that ever happened to me. I had a great life. Now, I did have issues with my father. But my mother and I, we had probably the best relationship uh, any mother and daughter could have. And it's because of God and my mom that I am now a wife, a mother of two beautiful daughters, grandmother of ten of the greatest grandchildren you'd ever have. I'm a minister of the gospel. I'm a business owner. I've written a book. I have this radio broadcast. And now I am also teaching via web via uh, webinar. You see, God has put a lot of thought into every being that he created. Every human being that uh, is upon this earth today or has previously been on this earth in the past, God put a lot of thought into each one of his creations. Psalms 139 verses 13 through 18 says, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. God was putting us together in our mother's womb. He was he was putting our uh, putting our little skeletons together, all of our muscles, our heart, all of the little organs that we needed to live. God was just just a little bit at a time because I mean it, it it's such delicate work, and He was taking His 
time and just creating each one of us the way he wanted to in our mother's womb. And in verse 14 says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. Just thanking God for who we are, who I am, who you are. Uh, Look at all of the wonderful things that God uh, did for you, how he made you, the the color of your hair, the color of your skin, uh, the build of your body, the the color of your eyes, the shape of your nose, uh, if your hands are small or big. However God made you, he fully equipped you to be something and someone special. And then it says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. See, the womb was a place of protection and seclusion where nothing could come in and pull us away from that warm and safe place. We were fed there. Uh, we, we were we, we felt love there. We 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 felt safe there. That we we felt protection there. All the while until it was time for us to be born. And says so you saw me. And next verse says, and you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out. Here it is saying that. Even before I was born, even before I was even conceived, even before I was even a thought in my parents' mind, you saw me. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Our life was already planned out even before anybody ever knew we were going to be born. Uh, the, uh, it says, every moment was laid out. That's in verse, I'm sorry, let's go back here. You saw me, verse 16, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Even before you entered into this world, your life was already being walked down. And God was taking you where he wanted you to go, and then he allowed you to be conceived and born and wanted you to follow that path because that path was going to lead you right back to him. But what happened was we got swayed and sidetracked, and instead of going down the road that God wanted us to go down, we went down another road. This road looks interesting. Let me see what's there. But some kind of a way... Somebody came and somebody ministered the love of Jesus Christ to you and your spirit quickened and says, you know what, I want to be alive again. And you started walking down that road where you're supposed to be walking now. 17 says, how precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. God Thoughts about us are so powerful and so numerous. He thinks about us more than there are grains of sand on this earth. That's how much he thinks about you. So can you imagine what he thinks about that little baby that you carry on the inside of you and then you say, 
I don't want it. And you abort it. Hallelujah. You see, if I had been aborted and not given a chance to live, me nor my children or my grandchildren would be here to fulfill our destiny that Jesus laid before us before any of us were even conceived. None of us would be who and what God created us to be. I would not be here to preach the gospel so that you could possibly hear this message tonight and it change your life. Who knows what those innocent babies who were aborted would have become if their mothers would have let them be born? Who knows what those babies could have been if they had been allowed to be born? Maybe they would have cured cancer or eye disease, or maybe they would be a CEO of a major Fortune 500 company. Maybe they would be the president of the United States. Maybe they would have been a great pastor or a teacher, or maybe they would have been a great author, but we'll never know because they didn't get a chance to live. Why? Because they were murdered. Mary, the mother of Jesus, and Moses' mother were in fear of losing their babies because Satan wanted both of them dead. See, that's the one that speaks to us. Oh, abort it. It's not, it's not quite human yet. The, be- the heart isn't beating. It doesn't have any skin on it yet. It's this. It's that. Because why he's afraid of that child being born. Why? Because just like Moses and Jesus, that baby could be a threat to him. See, it was Moses' destiny to lead his children, lead his people, the, uh, um, the people of Israel, out of slavery from the Egyptians. And Jesus being born was he was to come here and to become the savior of the world of which he is now. He is our Lord, and he is our savior. You see, murdering babies has always been the enemy's weapon of choice to stop anyone who has, who God has placed on this planet to do good for his people. So just like adultery is sin, just like lying is a sin, fornication is a sin, gluttony is a sin, Hatred is a sin, so is abortion, and it's murder, and it is shedding innocent blood. You see, tonight I'm definitely not trying to offend you or hurt you in any way because if you've gone through the experience, and I do understand, I do understand why you probably did what you did, but if you have uh, had an abortion and the guilt and and the pain and all that is weighing on you, you don't have to carry that guilt. You don't have to carry that pain. Uh, all you have to do is just ask God to forgive you, and he will. And that sin will be up under the blood of Jesus, and that sin will be uh, forgotten. The word, of God, uh, the word of God says that he throws our sins as far as the east is from the west, and our sins and iniquities he remembers no more. At the very moment of conception, God begins to watch over us. He knows who you are. He knows who you are going to be. He even has every day of your life planned 
already. It's already recorded in the book, like the word says, before you are even born. Everything is already being laid out for your life. From the time before we were even conceived, God was already thinking about who we were then, who we are now, and who we will become. So you see, we don't, as humans, we don't have the right to take the opportunity away from anybody to live because we're not God. Yes, it is our body, but it still belongs to God. It's 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 19 says, What? Know ye not, your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, who is in you, whom you have of God, and you are not your own. So before you would ever think about having an abortion, I would ask that you would take time to talk with a pastor, to talk with a Christian counselor, and let them walk you through this. Don't don't listen to other people. Well, I had one, and I'm glad. You know, you have got to stand for God on your own, as we each do. Many of us have different things that we don't want to stand before God on, uh, but we each have to stand before God. And so, I am asking you to get that right with God. Just give that. Uh, that 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 thing that you did, that abortion that you had, give it to him. Because you see, no one has the right to say that however someone was conceived, that they shouldn't have an opportunity to live the life that God wanted them to have. Jeremiah one fifteen says, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified you. And I ordained you a prophet unto the nations. Before any of us were formed in our mother's wombs, God knew us. And before we came out, there was a plan. God had a plan for our lives. And then there was a destiny that he set before us for us to walk in that destiny. So make sure that you are walking down the road, walking down the path, that God has set before you. And if you deter off to the left, to the right, just turn around and come back. Ask God to forgive you and continue walking towards your destiny and your purpose in life. Now, many things can cause people uh, to commit murder. Now, uh, some are hired assassins or, or mercenaries. They're paid to kill uh, they're paid to kill maybe enemies of the state in the country, or others are paid to kill innocent people because someone just wanted them dead. Other reasons um, uh, that people commit murders are some are criminally insane. They hear voices. The voice told me to, to go out and kill women with blue hair and, and were age 40, and, and that's what they're looking for. They get off on killing women. Uh, people that, that uh, look like that. Others do revenge killings. There are gang initiation killings where in order to join the gang, you have to just walk up and take someone's life. Some people are psychopaths who love to kill. They have no feeling or no conscience. Some commit a robbery or home invasion and they kill. 
Uh, some get behind the wheel of a car drunk and kill someone and drive off. Sometimes people are killed for insurance inheritance money. There are many reasons why people commit this heinous crime. Every day we pick up our newspapers or turn on our TV sets or see it on the Internet how someone has been gunned down, gunned down, violently killed, raped, or strangled. For some, it's all about power, but for others, it's about being noticed, not being invisible any longer. But what happens to them or what happened to them to turn them into someone who enjoys or doesn't care about taking the lives of others. Behind every awful story we hear on the news about people who shed innocent blood, there's an even worse story about them. You see, in many cases, we're not born bad. Uh, Sometimes things happen in our lives that make us do the things we do. Uh, If you saw your father uh, beat your mother, in most, especially if you're a man, you can't possibly wind up being that type of a man, being abusive, uh, uh, physically and verbally abusive to women. Um, you may uh, have seen your mother bring home different kinds of men, and uh, you would see her sleep with them for money or what have you. In a lot of cases, uh, women, girls who see their mothers do this, in in turn, turn out that same way. Most people who are killers have very traumatic experiences when they were kids. We're innocent when we first come into this world. We just don't wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to go kill a few people. But sometimes things happen. The person that traumatized you so much, that messed you up so much, is the person that you're actually trying to kill when when people go out and kill other people. As I said a little bit earlier, you know, maybe it was your mother or somebody's mother who tortured them or 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 or, or whatever the case may be and did all kinds of foul things to them that messed them up and they never could get back at her. So what they do is they go out and they find women that look exactly like her, the same body build, the same age, the same hair color, kind of the same look. And those are the women a lot of times when serial killers are going after a certain look on a woman. It's because of maybe something traumatic that happened in their life when they were children and nobody picked it up. Or maybe they were sent to an institution and things just got worse and worse and worse for them. Because the human mind can only take so much. The human body can only take so much. When we hear these stories about people being killed in the streets, a lot of times we just say, oh, my God, how could that happen? Oh, my God, Lord, help us. Lord, you know, what is going on? We, we, Lord, I'm just praying that you hurry up and come back soon. But what we need to do, especially those of us who are children of God, is we need to begin to fall on our knees and pray. My bishop on last week preached about standing in the gap. Someone, someone must pray 
and stand in the gap for those who want to destroy themselves by destroying others. You know, in many cases now, uh, people who are suicide bombers or, or suicidal, they don't want to just take themselves out. They want to take out everybody else. We're living in a crazy world, children of God. We're living in a crazy world, saints of God, and the devil is pulling out all stops. And the only way that anything can change is that we, the church, band together and begin to stand in the gap. The intercessors who are praying for this world, praying for this nation, praying for this country, begin to fall on their knees and push aside their plates and begin to fast and pray and seek God so that God can come in like a whirlwind and begin begin to do some changing in this world. But things are not going to change if we, the intercessors, are not praying. And then we must just pray for the victim, but we must also pray for the perpetrator, who at one time was very possible a victim themselves. Murder is not just a physical thing, but it is also a spiritual thing. You see, many people can that what I was just talking about, they can say, Oh, well that's definitely not me. I've never killed anybody. I've you know, I may have squashed a bug or you know, I may have swatted a fly, you know, or or something like that, but I've never ever pulled a gun on anybody. But murder can also be a spiritual thing, meaning it can be done in the heart. You see, murder is devised from hatred. Whenever you say, I wish that person was dead, and you say it with a lot of venom and hatred, you have just committed murder in your heart. Now, I'm not going to ever lie and say that that thought has never crossed my mind, because it did. Before I was saved and after I was saved, I had those kinds of thoughts. But I immediately fell to my knees once I realized that that kind of thought was actually a sin and that I was committing murder in my heart. You see, whenever we wish someone dead, whenever we want someone dead, and we say that in my heart, I wish she was dead. I wish she would drop dead right now. I would just dance all around her dance all over her grave, dance all over Oh, I can't wait till he dies. When you feel like that, you need, and especially if you're a saint of God, you need to fall on your knees immediately and ask God to forgive you, help you to release that rage, ask him to help you uh, to release that anger and that hate, and then you need to repent of that matter And then you need to go get it right with the person you wished was dead. Well, Sister Becky, how can you even say that that's committing murder? Because I can say it because the Word of God says it. It says in 1 John 3.15, and it says, Whosoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If you're not saved, 
your thoughts of murder and killing will keep on until you either get caught, go to prison, die violently, or you give your life to Christ. And he will completely change you. The Bible says that he that lives by the sword shall die by the sword. If you are saved and you commit murder in your heart, you need to ask God to forgive you and to and to deliver you from how you feel about the treatment of someone else towards you, and you won't see them there. The scripture says in 1 John 4, verses 7 through 12, and this is in the Message Bible, and it says, verse 7, 1 John 4, verse 7, My beloved friends, let us continue to love each other, since love comes from God. Love comes from God, not hatred. Everyone who loves is born of God and experiences a relationship with God. The person who refuses to love doesn't know the first thing about God. So, see, you can't say in your heart, I love God. Oh, God, I love you so much. But then you hate me or you hate your next-door neighbor or you hate your mother or your father or you hate your child. You cannot say that you love God because the word of God said you don't know the first thing about God. Because, you see, God is love. So you can't know him if you don't love. This is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. Sometimes I can't love everybody. And so I said, God, help me to love them through you until I can gain enough uh, uh spiritual growth in me to be able to love them on my own. You see, it's not easy to love people that do you wrong, that mistreat you. It's really not easy. But we have to love no matter what. And again, I want to read that scripture. It says, this is how God showed his love for us. God sent his only son into the world so we might live through him. This is the kind of love we are talking about, not that we once upon a time loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to clear away our sins and the damage they've done to our relationship with God. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has seen God ever. But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us, a perfect love. We can walk perfect love towards others. If the love of God rests, rules, and abides in us and we are living according to the word and we are in fellowship, in right relationship with God, when we honestly say, God, I love you, we can honestly say, and I love my brother who did me wrong. I love my sister who mistreated me. I love my friend who betrayed me. I love my husband. I love my wife who who, who destroyed me. You can love if you try. But if you don't, hatred will begin to build up in your heart. 
and you will begin to feel things that you should not feel. And one of those things that you can begin to feel is a murderous spirit by wishing that they were dead. If we walk in love, we cannot walk in hatred, anger, or murder. The scripture tells us that all murderers will have their place in the lake of fire. And it says in Revelations chapter 21, verse 8, But for the rest, the feckless and faithless, degenerates and murderers, sex peddlers and sorcerers, idolaters and all liars, for them it's the lake of fire and brimstone, the second death. You see, for the saved, there is eternal life. We've already actually died. We died when we accepted Christ. Uh, our flesh, our flesh died. Uh, we became alive in the spirit, and we are walking towards the things of God so that when Jesus comes back, we will be rapture ready, and we will forever. Now, we will die, possibly some of us, not all of us, uh, before the, you know, before and during the rapture. Um, the scripture says, the dead in Christ shall rise, but those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we be with the Lord forever. So for the, for the Christian who's walking in holiness, who's walking a righteous life, who's walking before the Lord in the way that we are, those of us who are being obedient to the things of God, eternal life waiting for us. We have died yeah, to self. We have died uh, spiritually. We are no longer that old person. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are becoming new for us. But for the unsaved, not only do you die a physical death, but it says that once you're judged, and this judgment here is talking about the great white throne judgment, once you are judged, you will die a second death and that second death is not where you'll die and 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 there's no you oh there'll be a you and but that second death is the lake of fire and brimstone and i know so many of you are probably saying sister becky you done lost your mind you know that's that old time teaching you know if god is such a god of love why would he send me to hell or send me to the lake of fire and brimstone. That does not compute. I can't understand a loving God doing that. Yes, God is a loving God. And he has done and is doing everything he can possibly do to get you to do right by him, to get you to accept his son, to love his son, to follow his son. He's doing everything. Jesus gave his life for us because he does not want us to uh, to to die physically, to face hell, and then stand before the great white throne judgment, and then go to the second death, which is the lake, which is the lake of fire and brimstone. God does not send us there. We send ourselves. If you don't accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, turn your life around. Give it to God. Quit trying to analyze everything. Quit trying to understand it and just move by faith. You will never taste 
that second death. And yes, you will get to know that loving Father, not only in heaven, but you'll get to know him here. You'll get to know our loving Savior. You'll get to know our precious Holy Spirit who leads and guides us. You will have that joy and that peace and that happiness even though things are falling down around you. You will you will understand why you must go through some of the things you must go through as a Christian. I'd rather go through things as a Christian having God on my side than to go through things unsaved and having nobody So to answer your question, no, God does not send us to hell. You who will not accept the Lord Jesus Christ, you who will not repent of your sins, you who will not follow after the things that God has written in the Holy Scriptures, God does not send you to hell. You send yourself because what you've done, you've made a choice and said, I refuse to accept that way of life. I refuse to allow God, I refuse to allow Jesus to be the center of my life. I refuse to allow Jesus to sit on the throne of my life. I refuse to allow Jesus to be the Lord and tell me what to do. I enjoy being my own boss. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. So when you do those things, you turn your back on God and you are telling God, Yeah, nice story. Yeah, thank you for bringing me on the earth. I don't really know if I believe you. Uh, I don't know if I want any of that that you're talking about. You know, I think I'll just be okay doing my thing over here. I don't really kind of want to do that God thing. So, no, thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. But, no, you turned your back on God. You may not say those words, but if you never accept Christ, and you die in your sins, and you stand before the Almighty God, you will not stand before uh, Christ in the beam of judgment, which the saved will stand before. But you will stand before uh, God, the Trinity, the, the, the whole, all three of them, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. You will stand before them and be judged on that day, on uh, the great white throne judgment. You will be judged on that day, and uh, God is saying, I'm sorry, but your name is not found here in the Lamb's Book of Life. All the begging and the pleading, because why? It is completely over, and God is starting all over again with those who trusted him, with those who believed in him, with those who followed him. God loves you, and he sent his son on the cross to die for your sins. So you see, God hates the sin of murder, but he loves the sinner. If you will come to him and ask forgiveness, he will forgive you of your sins. Hallelujah. We are going to go into um, a song right now, and uh, after that we will come back and um, we will... um, I lead you in a word of prayer. God bless you.
Know who Jesus Christ is for yourself. The things that I've been teaching on lately, you know, are in some ways kind of harsh. Tonight on murder, talking about abortion, and talking about spiritual hatred, committing murder in your heart. But these are things that God says he's not pleased with. God says that um, these are things that I hate. Uh, If you have any of this in your heart, I need you to get that out of your heart before you can come and be with me. You see, God really, really, really does love you. Um, The scripture says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God sent his son Jesus to come down here and die for the sins of the world. And as I was sharing with you earlier, you have the right to choose or you have the right not to choose because God gave us um, uh, a will, free will. He gave us free will. But I would hope and God would hope that you would give Jesus your life. Let him clean you up. Let him uh, do what needs to be done in your life. So that when he comes back for his church, that you'll be ready to go. I spoke last week about a lying tongue, about a proud look, thinking that we're better than others, overestimating who we are and underestimating who others are. You see, God is not pleased with those kinds of things. He, he He's just not pleased with that. We talked about uh, unforgiveness We talked about um, uh, Some other areas About not loving people As we should love them God does not say the things to us That he says because he hates us He says those things Because he loves us And the quicker And the sooner that The church gets itself ready and that people get saved and give their lives, sooner Jesus can come come back. He really does not want to leave anybody behind. But there are many that are going to be left behind because they're just going to say, I don't want the gift that you're offering me. I don't want uh, uh, to be a part of the church or follow those things, those rules. You see, we don't follow rules. We have a relationship with God. And it's our relationship with God that causes us to live according to what the Word of God tells us. You see, the Scripture says, But God commended His love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus died on the cross for us while we were sinners. Nobody was thinking about uh, the Lord. Nobody was thinking about giving their lives to God or, or walking uh, the road for God. We were Gentiles. Uh, Jesus actually came here for the uh, for the Jews, but they did not accept him. They said he was not the Messiah. So God opened up 
salvation not only just for them, but for the Gentiles, anybody who would believe. God opened up his plan of salvation that none of us would have to die and go to hell on our own. So tonight I am asking you that if anything that I've said these last few weeks has been a blessing to you, or maybe you have friends who, who've never met Christ, or family members who have ne- never met Christ, um, I pray that you will uh, uh, send them this uh, message or turn, turn, turn them on to the uh, blog, radio, uh, a word from God, so that they might hear what God is saying to his people. God wants us all saved. And it is so easy. It is so easy to get saved. All you got to do, it, it doesn't cost you anything. Uh, you don't have to send in $2 and Jesus will send you a blessed call. You don't have to do none of that. All you have to do is ask him to come and your life. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. All you got to do is just say, Jesus, I confess you. I, 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 I want to be saved. I don't want to live like this anymore. I don't want to do the things I do anymore. I'm I'm empty. I don't I don't feel any joy with anything I'm doing. I I, I smoke dope. I, I smoke cigarettes. I drink alcohol. I I I'm I have sex with several people all the time. I'm not happy. I'm gaining weight. I'm losing weight. I'm I'm just sick. I'm sick and tired. I don't want to be on my job anymore. You know, Lord, I just don't even want to be. That's how some of us get. And God understands that. But see, Jesus comes into your life and change all of that if you would allow him to. You see, Jesus loves you so much that he came. He died on the cross. And in his dying on the cross, all of your sins at that time were forgiven. But what you had to do is you had to accept that forgiveness, accept Jesus as Lord, and accept that forgiveness. Turn from your wicked ways and begin to live the way that Christ says that we are to live. So I'm going to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And, it, and, we, and I want you to pray As you pray I want you to mean it in your heart As you mean it in your heart uh, I want you You know you may not feel anything You may not cry You may not do anything But I guarantee you You will feel different You will begin to feel a change If you meant this prayer from your heart Once you pray this prayer from your heart And in faith You will be saved Hallelujah Let's pray Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner. 
and I am sorry. I am in need of a Savior. I know I cannot save myself. I believe by faith that Jesus, your Son, died on the cross to be my Savior. I believe he rose from the grave to live as my Lord. I turn from my sin. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to forgive my sin and come into my heart. I my Savior and receive you as my Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Now, if you meant that prayer, if you meant that prayer in any way, shape, form, or fashion, you have now become a child of the Most High God, and you are now my new brother and my new sister, and I say welcome into the household of God. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you and praise you for those who have just turned their lives over to you tonight. I pray, Lord God, that you would put them in a good Bible-believing church, a Bible-teaching church where they can grow and they can, can become that man and that woman of God that you've destined them to be. Father, I ask that you put your hand upon them, your hand of protection, your hand of love, your hand of grace and mercy, and that you will show them, Father God, everything, Lord God, that you have for them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Well, praise God, praise God, praise God. I pray that you have enjoyed the uh, service on tonight. I pray that it was a blessing to you. I pray that all of God's blessings will pour down on you, that his blessings will find you, and that they will pour out all over you. God loves you so much. I do too. I do thank you for tuning in each week. I thank you for tuning in on the archive uh, uh, shows, you know, just coming in and just listening as as the Spirit of the Lord uh, leads you to uh, tune in to a word from God. Thank you so much. You all are such a blessing to me. I would ask that if if um, the Spirit of the Lord would lead you, that you would send us uh, a donation for whatever the Spirit of God tells you to do. No specific thing, no specific um, uh, money amount, but whatever God would lay on your heart, uh, I would ask you to contact me at a word from God 2013. That's a word from God 2013 at AOL.com. If you want prayer, if uh, you want to send us a donation, uh, if you are a new convert and you need to know possibly where there might be a church at in your area, just call me. I mean, I'm sorry, just email me and uh, just ask me you know, what, whatever you might need to ask or, or if you want to send a donation or or you know if the word of God is a is is a blessing to you, I would love to hear from you. Again, that's a word from God three. I'm sorry, a word from God twenty thirteen at aol dot com. And also join us on our um, webinars that we do every Monday night. Uh, we are not having one on tomorrow night, which will be uh, August the twenty sixth. We will not be having. Uh, one on that night, 
but through uh sometime during this week I will put a recording uh on there of the Bema seat judgment. That will be the lesson uh uh that's coming up, the Bema seat judgment. So that will be a recording. I will put that on my Facebook page so so that you can go to that particular recording. Uh I will also tweet it. Um and uh, I will put it on my word, my word from God page. And I also have another page for women called Doves, which is Daughters of Victory Empowered. And I am going to start doing a show for women only called uh, uh, A Word from God, the Dove Edition. And so I want you to stay tuned on that. Uh, God has given me a ministry to women. Uh, my heart just goes out to women, hurting women who have been through different things um in life i've I've been through much myself there's not much that uh you can say to me that's going to just shock me out of my shoes there, there's no way you can shock me because I've been through much myself uh I'm also open if anyone would ever like for me to come and minister at the church I am available just again email me at a word from God twenty thirteen at AOL dot com. And to uh hear the first recording uh on um on anymeeting dot com. Let's see that first recording you would go to anymeeting dot com slash a word from God and I'm trying to find my information here. Slash a word from God and the the uh, let's oh, let's redo this to go to my recording of a rap of the rapture of the church, you would go to anymeeting dot com slash a word from God slash capital E capital E five four capital D nine eight nine eight five four seven, and that's to see the recording of the rapture of the church. Once I do the one on the bema seat judgment. I will uh, put that one on my Facebook page, on my Word from God page, and also on my Daughters of Victory Howard Facebook page. And I would also like for you to go to that one and like that one as well. Uh, when I do my next live webinar, how you would get on that webinar is anymeetings.com slash a word from God one, the number one. Anymeetings.com slash a word from God one. If you cannot get us on your computer, then you can call in and listen. That is 213-416-1560. And the access code is 010-7636. And uh, if you have a, uh iPad or a Android tablet of any sort, uh, and you want to hear it on your tablet or your iPad, you need to download an app. And the app that you need to download is the anymeeting.com app. Okay, well, we are so blessed and honored, and we thank you for uh, tuning in tonight to uh, our show. As I said earlier, I pray that it was a blessing. I pray that Something was said tonight that ministered to your heart. I pray that uh, the, the the Lord uh, will rain down upon you 
I just pray that um, all good things happen for you. Uh, I pray that every prayer that you pray, that God will bless you in that prayer. I pray that um, whatever it is that you desire from God, that you get that desire. As I said earlier, the scripture says, all the promises of God are yea, and in him, amen. The scripture also says in Mark eleven twenty three, I believe it is, it says, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, shall out in his heart. But believe that those things but believe that those things which they say shall come to pass. You shall have whatsoever you say it. If you say it, believing it, even if it's negative, it's gonna happen. If you say it and believe it and you believe it by faith and it's and it's according to the word of God, you shall have it. Hallelujah. Well, thank you for tuning in to a word from God on blogtalkradio.com. I am your radio hostess. Evangelist Rebecca Collier Hagler Saying thank you for joining us May God richly bless all of your endeavors for him See you on next week God bless you and good night